Welcome to the Debutiful Podcast Feed. This is the first taste reading series where each week I invite an author to read from their new book and answer a few short questions. You can find Debutiful on the internet at debutiful.net and on all social media at Debutiful. Today's guest is a Mohawk writer and editor living in Brantford, Ontario. She has written for The Globe and Mail, CBC, Hazlitt, and many others. She's had numerous essays nominated for the National Magazine Awards, winning gold in 2017 and an honorable mention in 2020. Her short fiction has been selected for Best American Short Stories 2018, Best Canadian Stories 2018, and Journey Prize Stories 30. She is the author of the memoir, A Mind Spread Out on the Ground, and her debut novel, And Then She Fell, is out now. Please welcome Alicia Elliott. Hey, how are you doing today? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? Uh, super duper. Uh, I cannot wait to chat with you a little bit. Uh, I, got, I got your book and like devoured it. So good. Um, and then she fell. Uh, tell readers a little bit about what your book is all about. Uh, yeah, so it's about um, this woman named Alice. She's Mohawk. She had lived on the Six Nations Reserve all her life um, up in Canada. Uh, and um, she meets this white academic. They get married and um, are moving into like this really posh neighborhood in Toronto. And uh, she just had their baby. You know, everything should be great, right? He's really encouraging. He wants to help her or he wants her to write this modern version of the creation story that she kind of wants to do like in memory of her dad and then things start to happen around her that kind of make the pressure of the situation and um her grasp on reality kind of crack around her as it continues yeah definitely i um am not canadian i've been to toronto once and like just yeah was obsessed with this story it was so so good and i will ask a lot about it but what part of the story will you be reading for us today um i'm going to read a little clip from uh or a clip (laughs) clip. yeah we're clipping it let's go (laughs) Um, i'm going to be reading a little part from uh chapter nine the beginning Mm -hmm. of chapter nine uh which is titled who needs sleep when you've got an overactive imagination Perfect. Take it away. I don't know how long I've been lying here, still as a stone under Steve's arm, flung carelessly, possessively across my chest. His snores are quiet, but constant, rhythmic, as though they're on a timer. We left the blinds open, so the yellowing light of the full moon is illuminating parts of the room, while other parts stay shadowed. I've been staring at our textured ceiling, waiting for images to pop out at me the way I imagine somewhere... My cousins Melita and Tanya are doing the same with the stars in the night sky. They'd be meeting up with some other women around our age for full moon ceremonies the past six months. We all want to be more in touch with women's medicine, Melita told me in a text. It's really powerful to just sit around with other Native women, really listen to them, and really be listened to yourself. Makes you feel like a real Indian woman or something, lol. I'd gone a couple times before Dawn was born, but now that I was a new mom, I guess it didn't occur to them that I'd still want to come. Even if it did, though, one of them would have to pick me up, which I knew was a pain in the ass. No one wants to drive into Toronto and back to six if they can help it. I felt bad even asking Aunt Rachel to do it the other day. Am I supposed to feel bad for you now? A voice rings in the air. A shiver runs through me. The voice is bitchy and accusatory, soaked in sarcasm. Is there a woman here? 
I look at Steve. He hasn't registered anything, but that man can sleep soundly despite anything. He'd wanted to be the sort of father who would get up with his baby, but he couldn't manage to change his nature. He sleeps the way I imagine people who've always known safety and prosperity do. The type of people who don't have the possibility of trauma lurking in the back of their minds always, making them hypervigilant of every creak or shift in the dark. Not like me. I don't remember the last time I slept through the night. Even before dawn, I'd be up for hours watching the horizon darken, then lighten as my brain recycled guilty thoughts and self-criticisms. Motherhood has only amplified my senses. Hello? I whisper, my eyes darting into the recesses of every corner, finding nothing, fleeing away. Steve grumbles in his sleep, lifts his arm, and turns away from me. I sit up, move my feet carefully from the bed to the floor. Everything is still. I must be imagining things. Then I hear it, laughter, mocking, amused. Sounds like it's coming from the hall. Who the fuck is it, and how does she get in? I stand, try to slow my quickening breath. Breathe in, breathe out, slowly pad over to the door. Breathe in, breathe out, bite my lip hard, peek out, just in time to watch Dawn's nursery door click shut. I guess, uh, yeah, I want to start with the origins of you, not the book. What was your writing background? Did you, what did you love to read and how did it kind of inform this book? Um, well, I think like, I, I mean, I feel like a lot of writers or maybe all writers when they're teens, especially get like really obsessed with books. That's when we are so prone to getting obsessed with things. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, just like that passion of that age. And what I was obsessed with was, um, Anne Rice's vampire chronicles. And so I just like devoured the entire series, all of the books. And it was just something that like fed not only like me as a reader, but it inspired curiosity, curiosity in me as a writer, like, or, uh, you know, kind of a wannabe writer at the time. Mm -hmm. um, and I would be like, how is she doing this? Like, what kind of research did she do? Like, this feels like so real. How is she conjuring this as like magic, you know? Um, like, you know, those books are covering all sorts of historical periods and mm -hmm. all of this stuff, right? And so that I think um, that like passion and that love for the way that um, like the kind of darker parts of the world and how they seep in, I think that it was kind of remembering that that really um, informed how I wrote this book um, particularly because I think that there's a lot of pressure to like stick really firmly to just literary fiction um, and that's the serious genre or whatever but mm -hmm. I, I I find that like for me I like stuff that kind of flirts with different things that's kind of weird and so you know I wanted my novel to kind of reflect that yeah yeah um yeah i i love i i've been thinking a lot about like literary fiction genre fiction etc i think we and I, i'm just over it i think a good book is a good book <laughs> and a good book does both a good book has mm. a good literary fiction book has weird genre stuff in it now or, yeah. or or plays with it um yeah and i think your book you touch on like these dark elements of of this world and and really kept me on the edge of my seat. It's not like a thriller, but it is thrillish. You know, I don't, you know, there's so <laughs> many, or like either, you can describe your book in so many ways. I feel, um, what was the initial seed? Was it the character? Was it the idea of like what the eventual plot becomes? Like how, 
how did and then she fell come into your brain uh so basically um (laughs) um kind of like uh you know way back um so I had my uh, I got pregnant with my son when I was 17 Mm -hmm. and I had him when I was 18 and um we were very fortunate me and um, my husband and that his mother offered to take care of her during the school year so we could both go to university in Toronto and so um you know I I only had like that first full month and maybe a half with him before I was going to Toronto and like while I was there, I was, um, you know, I, I was still like a mom. Right. And so like, I was waking up every four hours to, to pump breast milk, to like put into a little freezer to take home so that, um, they could have it to like mix with, you know, like with formula for, uh, my son during the week. So like literally Friday, as soon as my classes were done, I would be picked up by my dad. He would drive me back. I would spend the weekend. And then as late as Sunday we could, I would drive back to Toronto. And so it was like this really, really alienating experience. I think, um, being a mother, like there, I, 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 I had a midwife who was really fantastic and, and I read stuff about it, but nothing was real. It felt like it was, accurate in terms of preparing me for like the intensity of being a mother and so you know um and especially as like a teen I felt like you know I'm going into university all these kids are like finding themselves are out partying I can't drink because I'm pumping breast milk I can't go out because I have to be back in four hours you know what I mean and so yeah it was very very I was very aware of the ways that like this makes you feel different and so I think a lot of those feelings of alienation around motherhood really um inspired this kind of because this started as a short story that was mostly about motherhood and early Mm -hmm. motherhood the complications of that postpartum depression and stuff like that and then it kind and like and and having problems connecting with your child and everything like that which was one of my main fears was that my my son wasn't going to remember me or connect with me as much and so I think that that's where that all kind of started and then it basically like spiraled from there yeah yeah um we talked about like uh, you, you mentioned Anne Rice. I said your book is thrillish, it, 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 but it also really, I think, the breadth of it focuses on like gothic horror, modern gothic horror. Um, what is other than Anne Rice? I guess, or maybe maybe that's not even the question I want to ask. Like, how do you infuse like that idea of like gothic horror into like a modern story and make it feel fresh, but also make it feel like it's part of this like long existing canon? Um, I think what I was really thinking about was, I guess, how much, um, when you are a new mother and you're so isolated, like you're, you can't even sleep properly. <laughs> you're, you're just barely comprehending what's happening around you at any given point. And like, you're always a second away from breaking down into tears and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Right. Like that entire experience, I feel like is so similar to like, this kind of gothic idea of the woman being you know trapped in this castle or something like that only instead of being stuck with like ghosts and like you know uh things your husband is doing or whatever you have this baby who's literally dependent on you and you have to do everything for and Mm -hmm. so i think that the um that kind of experience is very similar but what's interesting is that i find that um you know, one of the things that, that that has always annoyed me is, you know, there's this whole societal idea that 
early motherhood is so boring and early motherhood, like early mothers are so boring. They're just, they only want to talk about their kids. Their, their lives are so small and insular and they don't matter and, and everything. And I just don't find that to be true at all. Like that it's, it's such a difficult thing to be a parent in that. And it's so immediate and so different and your whole world shifts even though nothing has happened it's not like some yeah. like fairy has come down and like implanted that here's how to be a mom <laughs> like chip into your brain or anything like that one minute you're 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 not a mom like technically and then all of a sudden you are and you're expected all of a sudden to have all of these knowledge and everything and so um yeah i just thought that have that that already lent itself to kind of this gothic sensibility and i really wanted to push back against this idea that it's so boring to have a book that's primarily set in just one house essentially with a woman taking care of her baby and mm -hmm. show how much emotion and, and intensity that is there already in that situation yeah when does the story shift from you thinking it's a short story to a long form novel like when did that <laughs> when, did, when did that click um it was basically what like it It always just felt like it was never long enough like I kept writing and I was like maybe it's a novella and then you know and then all of a sudden um there was a short story that I had written previously um that was actually pretty much just uh, like a version of the apple or of yeah of the uh, prologue hmm. and um I was thinking about it and I was like you know those characters might be the same character and then when I kind of figured that out, it like kind of slid everything into focus. And so that that happened. And then I was like, I was already kind of thinking about like, I think that this maybe I want some like, you know, creepy elements to it. And I was th thinking about postpartum psychosis and stuff. And when I realized that those two would like just gel so nicely, everything kind of fell into place. Yeah. And um, I had to... Today was a wild day for me where normally I just like at the most record two interviews and this year my <laughs> third one. So oh one, so one, um, and, and I'm going to ask this. So the, the first interview was someone who has a debut novel out and like, she's like, I cannot write short stories. I do not enjoy the form. And the second one was a short story writer who is like, I have not even attempted long form. I'm a short story writer through and through. And I know this is, uh, you know, your debut novel, but you've also had like a, a, a strong early career in short story writing like you were in the best american short stories selected by roxane gay writing the two how do you know how do you know when one is a story i mean i guess you kind of just explained this that this just kept getting longer <laughs> but i guess how do you know yeah when a short story is i'm just going to focus on this i'm going to nail the ending i'm going to nail this x amount of words um i'm going to re-ask that question and say how do you approach short stories <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, it's um very, I don't know. I guess I, I have an idea of just what the scenario is to start. Because um, mm -hmm. uh, like, there's always, for me, there has to be some sort of conflict that, like, that interests me. And I'm like, I want to know more about that. What's going to happen as a result of this? And so that, um, sometimes it's a line that, in, that introduces, like, a, a, a bit of conflict. Sometimes it's, you know... Um, a specific situation um you know uh it's just like but i i know generally like with short stories because they're so contained and i i love both the mm -hmm. form of the short story and the novel i think they're both amazing i also love 
like in the form of the essay too mm -hmm. and everything yeah. and so it's just like you know I, I think but I think that they do specific things and that's why they're so special and so for approaching a short story it's like an intense burst and so you try to like do and and it's so complexly woven you have to try and literally create a world within basically the first couple sentences because if it's a short story someone can just turn the page and like or turn it and like they're like I don't want this so you have to grab them even yeah. faster and they you you have even less time to keep them um and so that I think is like kind of how I approach a short story is to try and do that I do that with the novel too but you have more like space to be able to pace things like yeah. in um in the novel I was like I was very aware of like, I want there to be moments where Alice can just breathe and relax. And so I would have her, I was like, I want to bring her aunt back and they're going to just hang out. And it's going to be like, she can actually like her body just releases all of that anxiety because she can be with her. And then we can see her in a different context. And like, you can be, you can do that kind of stuff in a novel. Yeah. You don't have the space to do that in a short story. So it's kind of like everything has to be taught and moving and moving and moving. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, like, speaking of you love the essay, a, a, a subtle transition to you have a memoir that came out a few years ago. And um, so you write fiction, nonfiction, short story, everything. Um, I haven't personally read your memoir, but I have just ordered it right before you and I were talking, actually. Um, <laughs> so I can't wait to dive into it. But what are you able to write? nonfiction short story and fiction within like the same week or does your brain need like to separate like the modes and, and the and the skill and the art of it all um I can I can go between the mm -hmm. two between fiction and nonfiction it's um pretty pretty simply I guess or not simply but like you have to reorient yourself right yeah. and so um, and so I have to be really in a character um, in a story or in fiction and then have to like put my essay self aside because sometimes my essay self will like creep in mm -hmm. into the fiction writing. And like, this is why editors are so amazing. Uh, my husband is one of my editor first editors and he's so good at it. And then, you know, I have other editors, obviously, too, for the novel. And they, they would be like, Alicia, you're essay. You're being essay Alicia right now. You need to put that away. And so. <laughs> Yeah, just like remembering that, you know, uh, if they're like, I, I think a lot of characters reflect on things that are happening in in our current times or or issues that are important, like that happens all the time. But um, to do that in fiction, especially when you're doing it through the perspective of a character, it has to be authentic to that character yeah. and everything. And so it's remembering that, I guess, as I'm moving back and forth between the two. Thank you so much to Alicia Elliott for joining the Day Beautiful First Taste Reading Series to read from her debut novel, And Then She Fell. You could follow her on Instagram at E-L-L-I-A-L-I-C. That's the beginning parts of her last and first name, Ellie Alish. And then you can follow her on Twitter at Words and Guitar. You can follow Day Beautiful at Day Beautiful on all social media. And check out our website at daybeautiful.net. And as always, I'm Adam. This is Day Beautiful, and you're all beautiful. <laughs>